It's time for the Crunch Time Plays Podcast, where we talk all things sports from the collegiate level all the way up to the pros. And now, here's your host, Bennett Ganey. All right, welcome in to Crunch Time Plays. You can find the show on Twitter and Instagram at Plays Crunch, and you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Shotgun726. And we have an awesome show for you today. Our guest today is Kelsey Riggs from the ESPN and ACC Network, and she's Spends most of her basketball season time as a, a studio host, but most of her football uh, season as a sideline reporter. And I'm just so hyped up to have her today and that she's taking some time. And Kelsey, I hope you're doing well. And thanks for coming on. Yeah, Bennett. Thanks so much for having me. I'm excited to chat with you. Oh, you're welcome. And thank you so much. And I got to ask you, did you get, I know you're a big fan of Jordan's. Like, did, did you get some of those new pair over the weekend? I didn't. I seem to never do well when they're the, you know, you get online, you get on the sneakers app and you try and it puts you in line and says it's processing and you think this is going to finally be the time that you get it. And I never get the bottom. I never get that. I think I had like one time. So I did not get any. I appreciate the question, though. It's probably time that I go back and buy some um, off the resale, which, you know, you have to spend way too much money on. But I think I'm overdue for some new sneakers. Anytime somebody brings them up, I, I think that that's a sign that I should pay you there. Hey, I mean, I, I think I'm always due for some new sneakers too. I mean, I've got about probably 15 or 16 pair in the closet in there. And I mean, Jordans, Curry's, yeah. anything. Like I'm you can just, never have too many. There you go. No. And I mean, and I saw, because I was trying to get the shoes too. And I saw, and I, of course, I didn't get any either. And then I went on Twitter and saw that Mike Goa Jr. had gotten a pair. And uh, and so I was just like, man, like he he was one of the lucky ones this time. He was one of the lucky ones. He strikes out a lot, too. He's kind of my support system here in Bristol. When we go for shoes and we strike out, we usually lean on each other. I had another friend that got him, too, that I saw posted on Twitter. Um, I can't remember who it was right now. But, yeah, I had a couple people that were lucky. Maybe my time's next. I don't know. Hey, I'm, hey, I, I hope so because it sounds, <laughs> sounds like you're overdue for some. So exactly. <laughs> All right, guess I got a lot of uh, ACC topics to get into with you. I want to start off with with football and just talk about uh, Clemson. I know you covered them. Uh, had a chance to present uh, Coach Swinney with the trophy there in 2019 there in Charlotte, working for the ACC Network, and just want to get your thoughts on, on their season and. Looking ahead, can can anyone challenge them, you know, this year and a couple of years moving ahead? I know North Carolina's got Sam Howell coming back and Miami's got Eric King and they obviously have a tough uh, season opener with Georgia coming up. But can anybody challenge Clemson in the ACC this year? It's going to be tough. That's the question I feel like we ask every year, Bennett. And I mean, you know, you lose a guy like Trevor Lawrence and you're still the best team without a doubt in the ACC. Um, we got to see what DJ Uyunglele could do last year in glimpses, and he's obviously spectacular. So I'm so excited to see more of what that team looks like. You know, we heard some of the guys that are coming back on defense, like Skalski, which is going to be big. Um, so the, the short answer is it's going to be tough to challenge Clemson. Um, the longer answer is two of the teams that you mentioned right there, I think are just going to be fantastic. I mean, Sam Howell, I'm so excited to get to continue to see his growth at North Carolina. That is an offense that has so many weapons around them. 
Um, and we got to see, I feel like kind of in spurts last year with North Carolina, we didn't get to see consistently every single game, this great North Carolina offense, but they were good enough all the time to always keep us interested. So I feel like another year in that's going to be even better. And then Miami is a team last year that I had high expectations for. Obviously you hate to see Derek King go down like he did in their bowl game and and tear his ACL. But, you know, everything that they've said out of Miami is that they expect to have him back and ready for the season. And, um, you know, these guys are competitors. He's going to be fired up. He's going to be ready to lead this team. I know, like you mentioned, they've got a big opener, I think, with Bama. So it's going to be a big deal for for Miami um, to start this season on that stage and have an opponent like Alabama to start things off and then try and go from there. So I do think, Bennett, that it's different maybe than two years ago. Like two years ago, and even last year a little bit, you feel like it's Clemson and everybody else. You feel like that everybody else is starting to inch closer and closer. And Clemson is obviously so good. They're just have been in another stratosphere lately because they're in the college football playoffs every year. Um, But I think the ACC is trending in the right direction uh, for sure. Yeah, you mean, I wanted to follow up with you on that, the, the point that you made about the teams catching up. I know what are some of um what are some of the teams doing? I know, you know, North Carolina's got Mac Brown now. He's been there for a couple of years. And just kind of what do you see teams doing to kind of try to catch up? Because I know Clemson's been a dominant force, you know, ever since Florida State kind of dropped off the map a little bit. And what are what are some teams kind of doing to to kind of catch up? I think you're just seeing, you know, more of the players continue to buy in and really get behind what these coaches are selling. I mean, you mentioned Matt Brown when it comes to North Carolina. What are they doing? Well, he's recruiting the heck out of kids um, from the start since he got there. And you're seeing that and you're seeing the effects of that. And um, so that's a huge thing. I look at a team like Boston College with Coach Halfley last year, and they're a team that I am really excited to see play this year what he was able to do with that group in year one and to have Phil Dracovic back again he's a really good quarterback I think he's going to be one that has even more people talking um, not just in the ACC but around the country this year about his prospects and what he could potentially do Um, so BC is a team that I'm really excited about but I also just think Bennett that part of it is when you have you know, you look at the ACC, you expect Florida State to be good. You know, we think back to the times when Florida State and Clemson are competing in these games or Miami. And so when you have some of the teams like Florida State having a down year or Miami having a down year, things like that, well, then you people just look at the ACC as a whole and say, oh, well, they're not that good. And and that's not the case. North Carolina is very good. I'm excited about Virginia Tech and what they're doing there. Virginia, I mean, for them to just win the Coastal for the first time two years ago um, with a fantastic quarterback in Bryce Perkins. So I think it's more of, you know, we know what the top looks like. And when that middle pack and that second tier pack is living up to the expectations, then the ACC looks a lot different. Yeah, I mean, I agree. And I'm not, not I don't even ever try to pronounce DJ Uyangule's last name because I just I think it. you nailed it. I'm, I think I'm saying it right. I practice a lot. See, it's it's weird because I heard I've heard people say Uyangule, and then I was listening to a radio show, and uh, Joel Clapp was on there from Fox, and he said 
Uyanga Lele. And so I don't, I don't, I don't know. I mean, I, I just call him DJ. Yeah, Big Cinco is the the way to go. DJ Big Cinco, that's probably what we'll say a lot last year. We deal with this a lot in women's basketball. We have um, quite a few names like Tiana Monacahia, who are, are complicated names to say. And you look online sometimes and you have people saying it different ways. You've got her saying it one way this year and then somebody else. And then you ask her and it sounds like this. So we're all just doing the best we can. Yeah, I mean, it's weird because a lot of a lot of times for a couple of years, like when you get into players freshman and sophomore years, you hear their names pronounced a different way, and then they finally come out and say, "Hey, this is how you pronounce my name." And so they know they know for the last two years, and I'm like, "Why don't you just do that ahead of time?" Like, you know, or you go to Louisville and you have Malik Cunningham turn into Mikhail Cunningham turn into Malik, and I'm not even sure which one we started with and ended with now. So you never know. (laughs) Uh, and then you got the the Mitch Trubisky he goes by Mitch in college and then when he gets to the NFL and gets goes into the draft he's like yeah I think I'm gonna start going by Mitchell now yeah I I don't know is Mitchell more grown up now more NFL like I'm not sure (laughs) maybe maybe more maybe more mature like you said yeah yeah (laughs) I don't know Hey, we'll, each their own, right? Hey, I mean, we'll we'll just continue to we'll just continue to enjoy them while they're there, and we don't really care what their names are. That's a great point. We're just blessed to see all their talent. Hey, there's <laughs> there's no doubt about that. All right, I want to move want to move into into men's basketball with you, uh, Kelsey. Before we talk talk about women's basketball, which I know you've done a lot of it, done a lot of that this year. You got to see a lot of different teams, but just sticking specifically to the men for the moment. I wanted to ask you about Duke. Do you think that they ultimately end up, you know, getting in the tournament? And do you think that brand name will have a lot to do with that? I know there's been some contention about, you know, brand names and the committee may be being swayed by that. Just what do you think about that? And what are your thoughts on Duke and, and their prospects for the tournament? It's hard to imagine a tournament where Duke doesn't get in. And it's crazy that we've been talking about this for so long because it's been a real possibility. It was an even more real possibility two weeks ago than it actually is right now. Cause right now, Joe and already actually has them on the bubble. I'll tell you what, but I'm really excited for these last two games of the season for Duke, because I mean, it just comes down to, they need to win. They've got a, a bubble game with Georgia tech, another team that's on the bubble that I'm super excited about Georgia tech, what they've been able to do, all the talent they have on their team. And if Georgia Tech makes it in, I think that they're a team that could really surprise the people in the tournament. And then you look at the game against North Carolina and Duke on Saturday. And my gosh, does it get any bigger than, yes, it's amazing when Zion's there and you've got presidents in the crowd and this rivalry is on display. But it's a different kind of game when these teams are both really needing this win and playing to play their way into the tournament. Obviously, we still have the ACC tournament left. And the teams can make a run in that and, and secure their spot. But uh, my gut says that they get in, but the path is not easy. I do think that there's a little bit of, you know, yeah, we have Duke on the front of our, our shirts. And that helps us a little bit. If you look at their blind resume compared to some of the other teams, then you maybe wouldn't be talking about them if they weren't Duke. But I think people also expect that because they are Duke, that they're going to win the games that they need to win down the stretch or make a run in the ACC tournament to get into the field. 
And obviously, Bennett, you know, working at ACC Network, all my fingers and toes are crossed. I want as many teams as in as we can. We had Josh Pasner, Georgia Tech's head coach, going Packer and Durham the other day and say, hey, there should be 11 teams from the ACC in every year. Why not? Uh, maybe that's not the year for the ACC right now. I don't think it is. But I'm with him. Like, let's get as many ACC teams in as, as we can. It certainly makes my job fun. Hey, I mean, I, I agree with you. And I know Jalen already has a lot of – ACC teams in the field right now. When you look at Virginia, Virginia Tech, Clemson, and then he's got North Carolina and Louisville in there. There's yeah. a lot of teams from the ACC. And wanted to talk about North Carolina for a second. I know they scheduled that game against Marquette, and it was it was just funny to me listening to. And the, of course, they lost that game, but just listening to Roy Williams in the press conference and that question that got asked of him, like. What what do you say to to Carolina fans who think that this get scheduling this game was a mistake? And he was like, "Well, God Almighty, if we would have thought we were going to lose, and we wouldn't have scheduled the game." Yeah, and if we thought we would have win, we would have scheduled the Lakers. I mean, God Almighty, God Almighty. I, I love Roy. I mean, I love all of our ACC coaches, but like the the rawness that you get from that clip right there from him, um, I really enjoyed it. I, and you know. At the end of the day, it's something that could hurt them. Like they just lost to Syracuse, which I think Joe had them at a nine seed that knocked him down to a 10 seed. Um, they've got this game left against Duke. But, um, you know, that was a really bad loss to Marquette. And as bad as that was, I was so impressed to see them come back out and take down Florida State, especially with the way the first half went. I mean, they didn't look like they should even be in it for them to come back against Florida State and win. That was a huge win, obviously. Now we go back on the other swing and they lose to Syracuse. But that was a huge win for Syracuse. Syracuse is a team that they needed that win to get themselves closer to the bubble and be in contention. So it just goes back to that, what we were just saying, Ben. I mean, there are so many ACC teams right now that are right on the fringe. And to be honest, and it's not just ACC, it's other teams too, but I think it's going to make the conference tournament more interesting than ever because there's always a lot on the line. But when you have three or four teams that really need to win or that have a chance of making the tournament, if they make a run, I think we're going to see like a whole new elevated level of competition at the conference tournament. Yeah, I mean, I agree. It's going to be really exciting watching the ACC tournament because, like you said, there's three or four teams. You got Duke, North Carolina, Louisville buying for spots, and Georgia Tech as well. And just, it just seems like whoever wins the most amount of games in that ACC tournament is going to have a chance to advance to the field of 68. Yeah, yeah, it's gonna it's gonna be interesting for sure. I mean, we have to see how the regular season pans out first, and where kind of everybody is after that. But then it's still important, even if you're in and you're still in the bubble, like you don't want to go lay an egg in the ACC tournament because that might knock you right out because there's so many other competitive teams. It's it's an interesting year just because you know so many teams a didn't get all of their games in or B didn't have the non-conference schedule that they normally would to, you know, be able to schedule some of these bigger games or build up their strength of schedule and things like that. You know, we've seen it a lot. I know we'll get into women in a second, but I know we've seen it a lot on the women's side. Even when you look at just the ACC tournament, we had Duke and Virginia women that decided to not play this season because of COVID and they were in NC state's pod. So NC state got a lot less games. And so even though they 
beat Louisville. They're the number two seed because their record isn't as, isn't as good. So at the end of the day, number one or two seeds doesn't really matter. They both get the double buy. But it is interesting just because you see a lot of these teams who were affected in different ways by COVID. And just kudos to everybody, like all these student athletes and coaches for all they've sacrificed playing this year. I know that, that whoever wins at the end of this season, um, fingers crossed we get there this year. I have a good feeling, but whoever whoever does, it's going to be really, really special. Yeah, I mean, I, th- I think we will. I think we'll get there. And yeah, huge, huge kudos to, to the to the champions this year because they've had to. It's a lot of sacrifice and mm-hmm. being being isolated and being in being in bubbles and being away, not being able to see your family and all that. And it's yeah, just huge shout out to them. Like whenever, really, all the teams this year that are going to complete their seasons. And wanted to ask you real quick something more about the men then we'll move over to the women, but which one of those teams, uh, you know, Virginia, Virginia Tech, Clemson, Florida State, Louisville, and in North Carolina and Duke, if they get in or Virginia Tech or excuse me, Georgia Tech, which one of those teams has the, has the highest ceiling uh, in Indianapolis? I know Florida State, they look like world beaters at home sometimes. And then when they go on the road into a neutral site, they just kind of, they just kind of lay an egg and, and Clemson came off of Paul's. They look really good. And Virginia Tech's kind of trending down a little bit. Just what, which one of those teams do you think has the highest ceiling in Indianapolis to, to make a sweet 16 elite eight type run? My gut says Florida State. I just think that what we've seen from them this year, A, the growth, B, the, I want to say consistency with uh, air quotes around mm-hmm. it, because I do feel like that in the middle mm-hmm. of the pandemic, teams have gone so up and down with what they've been able to do. I mean, I'm praising Florida State. They just came off of a loss to North Carolina. But I just think what Leonard Hamilton has been able to do with that team, I mean, they had one game where their leading scorer, MJ Walker, didn't score a point, and they still grinded it out and won. I mean, the, the time before that, he had scored, you know, over 20. They they have so many different weapons on that team. They know what they like to do. They know how Leonard wants to play, and they're able to execute it. They do have to figure out how to continue to be a good team on the road because, as you mentioned, you know, they had – that win streak going on at home um, for consecutive wins in the ACC. But then we don't always necessarily see that team on the road. We just saw them lose to North Carolina and they looked fantastic in the first half. But then in the second half, North Carolina was a completely different team. So my gut then it says Florida State, I still believe in Virginia. I still think that Virginia, I don't know what's going on with this three game losing skid but I'm not ready to count them out of making a long run yet and if we're talking surprise teams I mean you think like if if really any of them if Georgia Tech if Duke um North Carolina's in right now but any of these teams that are towards the bottom they're going to be the lower seed and the matchups that they might be getting to potentially make a run is just going to be really um exciting to watch because um you know I, I think that there are teams that that have a, a a high ceiling too especially when everything's on the line I mean throw out what anybody has done during the regular season especially this year when we get to the tournament 
because I mean, a whole new year, a whole new start, one and done. And I think we're going to kind of feel that more than ever this, this season. Yeah. I mean, I agree. I'm just thinking about teams that have made, you know, runs in the past that, in the SEC I and mean, South Carolina made a run to the final four in, the, in 2017 and then Auburn, yeah. Auburn in 2019, they were both kind of lower seeds and well, Florida state's kind of middle of the pack. But I mean, I think I'm like you said, I'm curious to see what Virginia does. They, they got a lot of talent on that team and sometimes they just don't on any given night, they can just come out and not, not play very well. But I mean, if you look at the talent on that team and Kihei Clark and Jay Huff and Sam Hauser, they're obviously really talented. And if they play well, then they can definitely make a Final Four type run. Yeah, and they've been a different team offensively than they than they normally are. You know, we know what the Tony Bennett defense looks like, and you know what you're going to get from Virginia defensively. And they've looked so dangerous at times because when they've put together a complete game, offensively and defensively, it's like, oh, this is a really good team. They could really make a run. We just, unfortunately, I feel like haven't seen that consistently enough. And especially in this last three game losing streak um, that they had is, has been a tough, a tough run for sure. Yeah, it has. I want to move to the women's side with you uh, for just a few minutes and then got a couple other things for you, but you've obviously had a, a more expanded role this year and being the host for, for women's basketball, not just for the ACC, but for ESPN. And I'm curious what you think about, I know they had another, had another top 16 reveal on Sunday and just kind of curious what your thoughts were about that and who kind of the favorite is. I know UConn's playing really well, Paige Beckers, and then South Carolina's two and two, their last two games are kind of in a little bit of a slide according to Don Staley's type standards, but just kind of what do you see from the top there as far as um, teams that can win it all uh, down in San Antonio? Yeah, well, we're talking big picture of women's basketball. It is tough to figure out who the best team in the country is. And that's not because teams aren't good. It's because we do have so many teams in women's basketball that are good. I mean, I am – Super high, obviously, on UConn. Every time we get to watch Paige Beckers play, it's just a gift. You can never know what she's going to do. I mean, she's coming off a game where she just had 20 points and 14 assists and set the program record for assists in a game. She's a freshman. And we're talking about UConn, and she's setting records. So, um, obviously, very high on UConn. But when you look at the rest of the teams, I mean, I really feel like Flip a coin, Stanford, Texas A&M, South Carolina, NC State, Baylor, Louisville. I mean, really, like when I've done these shows with Rebecca Lobo and Coach Andy Landers, and we try to talk and narrow down the top teams in the country or even the top players in the country, it's the same thing. I mean, there are a lot of good players. It's hard to pick um, because I think there is a, a little bit of, parity around the league, but also you just have a lot of teams that have talent and have handled it different differently this year. Um, when you look at the top 16, the committee release, that was before Sunday's games. And so we certainly had some upsets on Sunday. There were four of the top 16 teams that lost. So that top 16 would look a little bit different already. If we're talking ACC. I think Louisville's too low. They dropped five spots. I do not think I, it just blows my mind that they have them as a the number three seed right now. They had them ninth overall. 
Um, and again, I think that's a product of some of these teams losing games. And, you know, the ACC only started with the three ranked teams this year. And so you're not getting a lot of ranked games. You don't have a lot of teams that are in that top net ranking. Um, then it's tough to, to build your resume and your strength of schedule. I think Louisville's too low. And Bennett, I, you look at NC State, the only team in the country that has two wins over number one programs and the only team to ever win both games on the road against number one um, teams. I am very surprised that, you know, people still don't have them as a number one seed. I think that this NC State team is really, really good. They've had two tough losses. Um, one of them without their best player, which I think should be taken into consideration. But if NC State isn't, if NC State wins the tournament, or even if Louisville wins the tournament, I talked to Charlie Cream yesterday. He still thinks both of these teams have a chance to to get to the one seed if they win the conference tournament, depending on how everything else shakes out. But um, the SEC is good, so there's no denying that um, that you know that's going to be an interesting tournament as well. I wanted to ask you about you mentioned the parity in college, in women's college basketball now. It just a lot a lot of the leagues are kind of catching up, and the SEC is real good now. They're the top half of that league's really good with South Carolina, A and M, and Tennessee, Kentucky, those kind of teams. And then the the ACC is obviously really good too with Louisville and NC State and some of those teams. And it just kind of seems like we've reached a point in women's college basketball where there's so much parity now. I mean, it used to be UConn and everybody else, and and Gino or Emma certainly still doing a great job there. What what do you see as far as the the reason there's so much parity now? It's a good question. I don't know that there's necessarily one thing. I think this particular year, um, we haven't seen one team just come out and be able to dominate all the way through. And whether that's because of COVID, whether that's because of the schedule. I mean, you look at NC State and the game that they lost um, the first time. They had just played Virginia Tech. Then they had to play Virginia Tech again, back to back. That doesn't happen a lot. Your scouting report looks a lot different. You know this team very well if you're playing them in back to back games. Um, so that was very different with them. Um, I think that factors into it. Anytime that a team has had an opportunity to really run away with it, there's somebody else that has stepped up and made sure that they're still in the conversation. And to me, that's what makes it interesting. I think we're going to have one of the most exciting women's basketball tournaments that we've had. And I think we're going to have a ton of ACC teams in. The most we've ever had is eight. We still have a shot to get more than that with nine, just kind of depending again on what happens with the ACC tournament and how everything shakes out. Um, so I am really looking forward to all of the March Madness this year. Which which two or which one of the teams out of NC State and Louisville has the best chance of cutting down the nets in San Antonio? Oh, you're going to put me on the spot and make, make me pick between my teams. That's hey. Um. Gosh, well, I think Dana Evans is a solid candidate for player of the year. She is just fantastic. She has so much talent and is such a leader on that team. And obviously would be incredibly excited for her and for Louisville if that happened, because she wanted to come back because they didn't get that opportunity last year. She wanted another shot at it. And it's been so cool for us to get to watch 
her journey with NC State. I, I, right now, my gut says them. I mean, we've seen the body of work and what they've done this season and knocking off two number one teams, but they just have, I feel like, so much depth as well. Um, not that Louisville isn't deep. I just feel like NC State right now has more pieces whether it's um, people around Kunane or scoring. I just think I'm kind of cutting the line right here, Bennett, trying to, to play nice. If you ask me right now, I would go NC State has a better chance. Hey, I mean, I'd, I'd say the same thing. and uh, I would love to see both of them on different sides of the bracket and play in, though. That would be awesome. Hey, that – that would be awesome, and it'd be yeah. some great, hey, it'd be some great basketball. And and uh, just wanted to ask you about the ACC. I know um, I can't even remember what I was going to ask you now, but uh, it, it'll come, <laughs> it'll right. come, it'll come back to me in a second. And then yeah, as soon as we, I want to talk about your kind of career path real quick. I know you started at at WBTW News Thirteen in in Myrtle Beach, and then covered mostly college sports there and then you moved over to to Charlotte and started covering the Panthers and then now you're with the ACC Network and ESPN what what's your career journey kind of been like for you and what are some of the differences in covering pro and and college leagues I know uh, you covered the Panthers for a while just what are some kind of the similarities and differences there Yeah, it's been a fun journey for sure. Um, You know, when you start out wanting to get into sports, ESPN is always the dream. And you never know if it's attainable, but you hope it is. And you work really hard. And so, um, you know, every day that I drive into campus and and pass the ESPN sign, I always just take a minute to be appreciative and to kind of smile at it because remember what it felt like the first time I, I drove in and saw it. And Um, I I do the same thing every time I walk into a new stadium or a new arena, which hopefully we get more of that next year. I haven't had a lot of that this year, but that you just take a second to like soak in the moment because, you know, not everybody gets to go to these games. Not everybody gets to be in these locker rooms. Not everyone gets to walk through these hallways. Um, So I try to always keep it in perspective and not take it for granted because, yeah, I started off in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina as a news reporter. That had a lot of sports on my tape and my news director said, I know you want to do sports. I have a news reporter job right now. I want to give it to you. And I said, I will, I will go all in on being a news reporter. If there's a sports opportunity ever, you let me know. I would love to do that too, but I'm going to try and be the best news reporter that you, that you have right now. And eventually after about a year was able to move into a sports position um, at WBTW. And then my career went on from there um, I think it's always important that people keep in perspective that wherever you're starting is certainly um, not a waste. You know, sometimes we think if we're not in our dream job right out of college or by five years or whatever plan we have, then like we haven't made it. And um, there's, I think, uh, when you have that kind of mentality, you miss so many things. Um that can be blessings in that in that time in your life that can help you later. You're, build, you're building a foundation for later. And so that was kind of the mindset that I tried to keep the whole time. I mean, when I was in Myrtle Beach, I was thrilled to be covering Coastal Carolina and South Carolina and Clemson. And, you know, Clemson was getting themselves onto the national stage. And 
Coastal Carolina's basketball team was making the NCAA tournament for the first time in 21 years. And I was getting to fly out to Omaha, Nebraska, not to cover baseball, but to cover to cover basketball. And that was such a huge opportunity. And then when I got to Charlotte, I just fell in love with the NFL and covering professional sports and kind of the grind of that. The biggest difference, I think, to get back to your original question is um, with professional sports, I think it's even much more about the relationships. With college, you know, you've got to go through the SIDs, you've got to, you know, go through the schools with um, professional sports. It's a lot about like the time and effort that you put in. And do you go to the charity events that they have? Because, you know, three days a week, you're going to stick a microphone in these players' faces and ask them for an interview. So are you going to support what they do off the field or off the court as well? So um, both of them were, were really cool. And for me to get to then come back to college sports, I mean, as much as I loved the NFL and covering the Hornets and NASCAR and Charlotte, college football and college basketball, like that's what I grew up on in South Carolina. Like in South Carolina, the question is like, do you like Clemson or do you like South Carolina? You know, we watch football on Saturdays, football on Sundays, it happens, but like we are locked into what are your Saturday plans? So it's been really cool for me to get to come back to to college sports, especially as someone who played soccer in college too, um, with the ACC network, it's cool to get to cover, not just basketball and football, but kind of all encompassing the the college landscape. Yeah. I mean, I agree with you about South Carolina. I mean, I've, I grew up here, lived here my whole life and just a a couple hours away from the beach in Hartsville, but just to, there's no, you know, professional leagues in South Carolina. And so it's, it's either Carolina or Clemson. Like it's, you know, you, you pull for the Panthers or, or whoever, the Braves yeah, or, the Braves. or Falcons or whoever, but you, you don't really feel as emotionally invested into them like you would, because uh, this is a, a college state. It's not, it's not really a pro state. So you feel right. a, lot, a lot more ingrained into the college game than, than the pro game. Yeah. And the Panthers are doing a good job of trying to be the Carolinas team and bringing it all in. And like you, like you mentioned, you know, if you care about um, professional sports leagues, then you would, you would probably follow the Braves. You probably like the Panthers. You probably like the Hornets. That's how we were growing up, but we were definitely all in on college football, college basketball and college baseball. Just a lot of college baseball and, and growing up too. Yeah. I mean, I've, I really enjoy watching the Panthers and the Hornets and, and the Braves. And, but yeah, just don't, I mean, I'm, you know, emotionally and invested in them, but I definitely don't feel as invested as like, say a, a South Carolina or a Clemson or, or teams like that in college. And then I, I did remember my, my last question that I was going to ask you. So I wanted to yeah. ch- change topics real quick to back to women's basketball. Just what are some of the differences do you think this year playing the entire tournament down in San Antonio and the usually the first and second rounds are hosted by the top four seeds in in each region, top 16. And just, do you think that's an advantage for, for the field on um, just not having to go into those home environments? I know the, the capacity restrictions would still be there, you know, this year if they're were allowed to play at home, but do you think that gives kind of the, the middle of the pack a kind of advantage? Yeah. 
Absolutely. I, I think it kind of evens the playing field a little bit. I mean, even without the crowds, like you're in your home court, you know, the lines, you know, the dimensions, you, you know, you, you are comfortable shooting on that, uh, that uh, basketball goal. You are comfortable with the atmosphere. And when they're all in the same place, they're all playing in San Antonio from the beginning. I just think it evens the playing field for everybody because you're all learning from the very beginning in some ways. Um, and we mentioned this with the ACC tournament as tough as it is, if you don't have a buy, I mean, you um, certainly, at least with the ACC tournament, like those teams are going to get, okay, we get a little bit more practice down in Greensboro. We, we know we're, yes, we don't want to play five games in a row to win, but like, Hey, we've already shot here. We've already gotten used to it. We already got our legs underneath us. Now we're playing. Um, so when it comes to San Antonio, I just think that all of these teams are going to be figuring it out at the same time, right? Versus, okay, yeah, maybe the home crowd is looks a little bit different this year. And maybe, you know, we're not having that type of advantage. But I do think that it kind of evens the playing field a little bit. And um, I'm excited. I think it's going to be an interesting tournament for sure. Yeah, I am too. I'm I'm really excited for, for March Madness. It's here. It's, it's March now. And, and yeah. uh, just – it's my my favorite time of year, and just watching the the men's and women's tournaments, and it's g- going to be different, you know, seeing it all in the same cities. But Indianapolis and San Antonio are certainly certainly great places, and just looking forward to it. And just can't thank yeah. you enough. Can't thank you enough for coming on today, Kelsey. I know you're I know you're really busy, and tell everybody where they can find you on social media and what what you got coming up. Yeah, no, Bennett, thanks so much for having me. This was fun. I'm excited to, uh, like, gets me in my feelings getting ready to talk about the tournament and the fact that we finally made it this far, especially when you think, like, full circle to last year. This is where it was all shutting down. So just so grateful to be here. But on Instagram, on Twitter, uh, Twitter, it's Kelsey Riggs. Uh, Instagram, it's Kelsey Riggs TV because there's already a Kelsey Riggs on Instagram, but you can find me there. And uh, Bennett, I really appreciate the time. Oh, you're welcome. And give Kelsey a follow, she's great. And we're gonna send a lot down south, we're gonna send a lot more warmer weather up to Bristol, and hopefully, a a lot more Jordan purchases as well. We need that. Thanks so much, Bennett. Thank you, Kelsey. See ya. See ya. All right, that was Kelsey Riggs from ESPN and the ACC Network. Give Kelsey a follow on social media on Twitter at Kelsey Riggs and on Instagram at Kelsey Riggs TV. She's a, a awesome follow, and she's got some some fire Jordans. So definitely wanted to ask her about that because, and I know her and and Mike Goey Jr. have a little rivalry there um, to see who who can come up with the best sneaker, but. Thanks again to Kelsey and looking forward to catching up with her again down the road. It is almost time to get out of here. Before we do that, I do want to plug the last few episodes of of this podcast. Uh, We're we're coming to YouTube here starting from episode eight with Paige Kuhn of Bleacher Report on to now through this episode with Kelsey. We're going to, the YouTube channel is being made up right now, Crunch Time Plays YouTube. YouTube channel, and we're going to post those uh, podcast episodes online for you guys. So if you are a, a video watcher, if, if you prefer to, to watch this podcast on YouTube, we'll have that for you. And we'll, 
put an announcement out on Twitter and, and Instagram. So make sure you're following me at Shotgun726 and following the podcast account on Twitter and Instagram at Plays Crunch. Thank you so much for checking out Crunch Time Plays today. Make sure to spread the word. That's the fastest way for us to grow. And, and y'all are certainly spreading the word. And keep keep going. We're we're growing. We're expanding. We're always having new guests on and looking forward to the future of this podcast. And if you are not subscribed to this podcast, do so because we've got some awesome guests coming up. Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, wherever you like. Or if you want to watch us on YouTube, that's perfectly fine as well. Just so happy to have you on board. And we'll see you next time right here on Crunch Time Plays. God bless everybody. Mm -hmm.